Hey, welcome to Val's Word of the Day, where I'm passionate about resourcing you with biblical truths. And my hope is that you'd be transformed by the power of the gospel. So the topic that I want to address today is addiction, overcoming addiction. And this is a topic that's dear to my heart because from the age of 15 to 21, I struggled with pornography uh, heavily. In fact, I felt called to be a pastor. And since I struggled, it made me wonder, will I ever even become a pastor? Because I can't shake off this struggle. You know, there are some things in our lives that have a hold of our lives. And then some things have a stronghold in our lives. And that was pornography for me. You know, addiction is that one thing that you just can't shake off. That you just can't stop. So age 15 to 21, I struggled. Then I got married. And then second year into my marriage, I slipped back into pornography. And since then, I've been free from pornography, about to be married nine years. But I share all that to say, even if you're listening and you don't struggle with an addiction, you need to be on guard. Because sin will take you farther than you want to go. My best friend always says this, keep you longer than you want to stay, and it will cost you more than you want to pay. But no matter what you're dealing with today, I want to encourage you with this truth as I begin. God can change anybody, anybody. At the heart of our Christian faith, we believe, and and God has shown this all throughout the Bible, that he can change anybody. And no matter how long you've been dealing with that addiction or any issue, I want to remind you that God has the power to change anybody. Now, when we speak about addiction, I think it begins with desire. You know, we have to ask ourselves, do I want to be set free? If we're not desperate to be set free, we will not become free. And people often tell me, Val, you're young, you know, and you have a whole life ahead of you. You're only 32 years old. People always tell me that. But I don't believe them because we don't know how long we have on this earth. And God wants us to fully devote our whole lives to him while we have time. And his desire for us is to be set free and walk in freedom. That's his desire for us. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 7, 15 through 20. This is Paul speaking. He says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do good to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. This is God's word. This is Apostle Paul speaking. I mean, this is the guy who wrote a third of the New Testament. I mean, he went to the third heaven. He's a big deal in the Christian faith. Yet he is struggling in these verses to change. 
Paul's saying, hey, I want to change, but it's hard. The things I want to do, I don't. He's telling us, hey, the struggle is real. And Paul's writing to the Christians in Rome, and he just lays it out honestly on the table. He says, guys, I am struggling. And as I read these verses, man, I can feel the frustration of Paul. And I think we can all relate because there's probably an area in your life where you feel like Paul and you're saying, man, I want to change in this area, but it is a struggle. Now, if we were to define addiction, it would simply be when something controls you and you no longer control it. Now, I want you to get this. If Paul is struggling to change and God still used him to write this letter to us, you know what that tells me? God can use you too, even as you battle your addiction. Listen, you are never beyond hope. No matter how long you've struggled, there is hope and God wants to set you free. Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Paul's saying, hey, when it comes to sin, I've done it all. But that's why Jesus came, to save sinners, to save addicts like us. You know, don't believe the lie of the devil that, that God can't use you. And my goal today is not just to give you some principles on how to break an addiction. My goal is to point you to a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. I want to make sure you catch that today because we do not break addiction by trying harder. We break addiction by fixing and focusing our eyes on Jesus Christ, learning to take the attention off of ourselves and looking to Jesus. Like Hebrews 12, 1 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I've seen lasting change in my life when I shift the attention off of myself. And instead of becoming self-centered, I become Christ-centered. Because it's not just about saying no to sin. It's about saying yes to God. I want to make sure you catch that. It's not just about saying no to sin. It's about saying yes to God. Saying no to an addiction is not enough. We have to replace that addiction with time in the word, prayer, community. Uh, in fact, if you're not serving in your church in any way, I would strongly encourage you to get involved because God uses people to heal us and to set us free. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens. And if you're listening and you're battling an addiction right now, I want to encourage you, don't fight alone. Have a trusted friend who can pray for you, who can encourage you. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Here it is. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. I want to, you know, I want, I want you to hear that. Don't give up meeting together. If it means getting in a small group, then do it. And this is, this is hard. Have the courage to share your addiction. And it does take courage. Because the enemy wants to convince you that you are entirely on your own and your addiction. But hear me. Find the courage to talk about your addiction. 
not over text, not even over phone, but in person. In person. I want to challenge you to that. And here's why. There's so much power in talking it out. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So we confess to each other to be healed. Confession brings healing. So here it is. We confess to God to be forgiven. We confess to people to be healed. Only God can forgive sins. And when you fail, when you miss the mark, I want to remind you, run to Jesus. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. So how do we fight addiction? We confess to God. We confess to people. Because addiction always grows in the dark. You have to bring the addiction into the light. So how do you do that? You confess to God. And a trusted friend, whether it's a pastor or a leader. Because here's the thing about addiction. At first, it brings thrills, but eventually it kills. Oh, it's fun for a time, but it brings guilt, shame. It robs you of joy. First time I got exposed to pornography, I was just playing basketball in my friend's house. And we go for a water break. And he's like, hey, you want to see something? And shows me a magazine. Little did I know that that night would bring years of addiction into my life, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. It would, it would rob me of my joy. It would steal from my marriage. Uh, physically, it killed my sex drive. Emotionally, I struggled to relate to other people because I would look at women and I would objectify them. Mentally, I was battling, will I ever be free from this, Lord? Spiritually, it killed my fire for the Lord, and I almost quit ministry. And listen, I am open about this because I know the effects of addiction. And I want you to know that it is possible to live a life of purity. In fact, not only is it possible, but it is the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 7 says, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And listen, we could read a verse like that and say, man, there's no way I can live a life of purity. Look at the time that we live in. There's sex everywhere. There's, I mean, there's no way I can defeat this. And you're right. You cannot defeat addiction on your own. Listen, y'all, freedom is messy. And one of the signs that we understand the gospel is by how we respond when we sin. If we truly understand the gospel... What's the gospel? It's who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. And if we truly understand that, when we fail, we're going to run to Jesus, not from him. That's the key. The enemy wants you to feel condemned. He wants you to play this tape in your mind. Listen, man, you've been struggling for years and years, same old cycle. You're never going to change. And listen, if you agree with the lies of the enemy, you give him power. I want you to catch that. The enemy will accuse you, lie to you, and if you agree with him, you give the enemy power. So we fight the lies of the enemy with the Bible, with the truth of God's word. Think about it. If you agree with this lie of the enemy, you know, I've struggled for for 10 years and I'm never going to change. If the enemy's trying to feed you that lie, and if you agree with that lie, you will stop fighting to change. So we fight with truth. 
And here's some scriptures I want you to write down if you're taking any notes. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I am a new creation. Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. John 1, 12, I am a child of God. In fact, I, I even have flashcards in my car and I rehearse these verses because, listen, I am constantly attacked in my thought life and I have to fight with truth. Well, what is truth? It's what God says about who I am. And for a lot of us, we have labels that were placed on us from an early age. Labels like, you're not smart enough. You're ugly. You're never going to amount to anything. You don't matter. So what happens is, as those labels are placed on us, we are wounded. And because we're wounded, now we live out of a wounded place. Well, how do we do that? Well, we're trying to prove to people that we are good enough, that, that we matter. For those of us that were told that, that we're ugly, we're going to try to go to the gym seven days a week just to prove that we're not ugly and to show people that, hey, I got it going on, right? And here's what's happening. We are functioning out of a wounded place. Maybe something that was spoken over you and it crushed you. It discouraged you. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was a fatherly wound. But let me just remind you, your dad, your friends, your coaches, teachers, they don't get to tell you who you are. God does. He has the final say. And listen, you are his child. You are a child of God and you are the righteousness of God if, you are, if you're a believer. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Listen, you are the righteousness of God. That means when God looks at you, he sees you through the lens of Jesus. He sees you as holy and righteous. That's your identity. And every time we sin, we're simply forgetting who we are because we're already righteous. So listen, we have to ask ourselves the question, who defines me? For me, it's not my wife. It's not my family. It's not my friends, my coaches that I had in the past. No, God defines me. So we fight the lies of the enemy with God's truth, which is the Bible. John 8, 44 says the devil is a liar and he's the father of all lies. And listen, he wants to build thought patterns that do not line up according to his word. To God's word. So if you're listening and you're battling addiction, I want to give you some practical steps you can take to defeat your addiction. Here we go. Number one, be honest with yourself. Be honest about your addiction. If you're addicted, the first step is to be honest and not live in denial. You cannot get help until you admit that you need help. And it's not enough to say, because we do this a lot, and I would encourage you, don't say this. Well, I could stop anytime. It's just a struggle. No, no, let's name it for what it is. It is a sin. Be honest about your addiction. That's the first step. Number two, you're going to confess to God and a trusted friend. It could be a pastor or a friend that you really trust. So don't try to hide what God is trying to deliver you from. Realize that when you confess, the enemy no longer has a hold of that addiction. Bring your addiction into the light. Don't fight in the dark. Number three, establish a strong support system. Have someone who can hold you accountable. You know, this is where small groups come in. And for some of us, we've never really given small groups a shot. 
maybe we've opened up before in the past and you felt shame, you felt judged. Listen, don't give up on community. You need a healthy support system to fight your addiction. God has wired all of us for community. And you need a friend who can hold you accountable, who can get all up in your business, call you and say, hey, how are you really doing? Because for many of us, we've never really opened up about our addiction. Listen, don't die struggling in isolation. Don't die in silence. Establish a healthy support system. Now, even though I don't struggle with porn anymore, I'm still on guard and I have people who hold me accountable because I know I can have a bad day and who knows, the enemy will try to get me back in my addiction so I know I need accountability. In fact, I would encourage you to stay away from people who enable you and encourage you to live a life of sin. You know, one of the very first signs that we are changing and maturing as believers is that we are hanging with the right people. We are hanging around people who believe you can change. See, when I struggled, I got to a point where I'm like, man, it's always going to be like this. I'm going to struggle with pornography forever because I can't break free from this. Till my friend told me something. He said, hey, Val, I'm here for you and I believe in you. You can change. Somebody spoke life into me and it took courage for me to, to be honest with this person. Even when I had bad weeks, he would say, hey, how are you doing? I would say, hey, I'm still slipping. I'm struggling. But he believed in me. Do you have friends who believe you can change and do they encourage you to change? First John 5, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. That's the call for us today. Walk in the light and refuse to fight alone. Number four, ask yourself the question, what triggers you? And remove those triggers. For some of you listening, this might just mean that you need to unfollow certain people on Instagram. Because when you're scrolling, you see selfies and they stir up the sexual energy in you. So ask yourself, what is it that triggers me? For some, it might be late night scrolling. So be aware of when you get tempted most. And what stirs you to go to that addiction. For me, it was always late at night. I waited for my parents to go to bed, and there I was fighting my addiction. But it was always late at night. Then I remember I learned how to delete history, and then it got worse and worse and worse. And I'm going to be honest today because, listen, the enemy hates it when preachers are open and vulnerable. But there's power and vulnerability. But I believe those that are listening today who really get this message, they're going to be set free. I wish someone talked to me about this when I was young because I would go to conferences, amazing conferences, youth services, but I would go back home and I was drowning in shame and guilt because I couldn't be free from this porn addiction. And I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one. Now listen, if you're listening to this and if you think that marriage is just going to solve the issue, it, listen, if you're addicted and you're single, you're going to be addicted when you're married. And I'm being honest with y'all because, man, it feels good to be free. And that freedom is available to you today. Now, do I have to still be on guard? Of course. But you got to have a plan as you go to war with addiction. Number four, ask yourself, 
what triggers me, and when am I tempted most? Lastly, and I, this is my favorite point, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. If you're familiar with recovery language, like if you go to rehab, they give you all these steps to fight an addiction, but the last step is to turn to a higher power. And for the Christian, that higher power is, come on, somebody say his name, Jesus. Yes and amen. Listen, we do not fight addiction with willpower. No. We do not fight addiction by trying harder. We fight addiction by turning to Jesus. Every day saying, Lord, I need you. I cannot do this without you. Because whenever we're we're addicted to something, here's what we're saying. We're saying, my addiction tastes better than Jesus. Whether that's smoking, pornography, masturbation, whatever it is. We are believing a lie that my addiction will bring more satisfaction than Jesus. And sin always overpromises and always underdelivers. Sin always overpromises and always underdelivers. I'll never forget working in the emergency department as a chaplain. And I'd be on call and I'd get paged and I'd go to the hospital at 2.30 a.m. or 1 a.m. And young men and women strung out on drugs within minutes, dead. And I would get angry as I watched people die from addiction. And the addiction started early. Remember that point I made in the beginning, that sin will always take you farther than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you can pay? Yeah, at first it's just a hit. But eventually, it leads to death. Literally. I can't tell you how many parents I've spoken to who had their kids die by suicide because they did not have the courage to open up and talk about their addiction. Listen, please do not isolate yourself. We are in this fight together. And I want you to remember your addiction does not define you. It does not define you. You are defined by what God says about you. So learn to take the attention off of yourself and turn to Jesus. This is Val's word of the day.